Welcome to Charlie vs. the Straw Man. Let's do it. Charlie versus the straw man. I hopefully have this microphone set up properly. It appears that I do. The uh, the lines are bouncing, which you know you'd think that would be an obvious tell if the lines weren't bouncing. But I I did record some uh, I did record some some of my thoughts on. Uh, on this recorder with the, the wrong microphone setting, so there was just no, no audio picked up whatsoever. So that was, uh, that was a loss for the world. The, that that brilliance that will ne- that will never be released out there, into the universe. But I uh, just wanted to check in and keep you guys abreast of everything that's been going on with me lately. I am currently uh, in my second month at this new company and. Dude, I mean, this guy has no idea how to drive a car. Okay, well now I don't have any idea how to drive a car. Are you just going to go the same exact speed as me? Is that your plan? Good job, bro. Alright. I should have just, just nailed it. I could have gotten around him, but... Um, it was just a tough situation with... Got one guy stopping in the middle of the fucking road... I've said that I think this is the this is the best part of this podcast. The me yelling at me getting road rage and yelling at traffic. But anyway, new company's doing good. Um new, new things are going well at my new company. Um another thing I got going on is uh I'm just I'm obsessed with this band called All Them Witches. Have you guys heard of All Them Witches? Cuz I am absolutely obsessed with this band. I don't know I don't it's weird like uh YouTube I found out it wasn't through a friend or anything. It was through YouTube. You know, God bless the algorithm. The algorithm was like, "Hey, you should listen to All Them Witches." And I don't know what about I'd heard the I'd heard of the, the band I'd heard their name before, but I'd always been like fuck that that I'm not gonna like that band. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it just sounds like a douchey indie name for a band, all them witches. But I decided, for some reason, I was like okay YouTube, if you insist YouTube, I will uh, I will. <laughs> check out this band so it was a like a 50 minute set of theirs that um that was on youtube and i uh i clicked on it i was like all right i'll give it i'll give this a a minute so i I didn't want to just do the first minute so i just fast forwarded straight into the middle of the set and they were in the middle of a song and i was just like 
oh fuck yeah dude it was so instantaneous just the uh it was a song that I now know to be the song Marriage of the Coyote Mother is the name of the band I mean the name of the song um and I was just like fuck yeah dude this is this is perfect this is right up my alley it's just it's very uh sort of experimental blues kind of jazz kind of metal kind of southern like you know how everything from Nashville has that kind of like country like are the are the black keys from Nashville I might be completely fucking that up but these guys are from Nashville they kind of got a little bit like like the Kings of Leon I would say has it they're they're just like pop rock and roll kind of music the Kings of Leon uh but they have that sort of that twang to them and I know that they're from Nashville and I think that's kind of part of it is like the Nashville shit it's all got it's all infected with that twang but so this band has a little bit of a twang to it but it's really just sort of bluesy rock jazz um but it's it's so good, man. It's so fucking good. Like parts of it remind me of Radiohead. Parts of it remind me of like Death Cab for Cutie or something like that. You know, just that sort of jazzy like groove that Death Cab does a lot of the time. Um. Yeah. So go check out all them witches. Cause that is my shit right now. That is indeed my shit, so I've been in Memphis for, I mean, dude, we're coming up on a year, it's, uh, it's April right now, so two more months, I guess we're ten months in, two more months, it'll be, we moved here in June, so it'll be a year in June, um, and yeah, checking in, I suppose, things have been going pretty fucking good, I mean, um, I'm still sober, that's, uh, that's, that's a huge, huge thing. I mean, that I, I, I can't, you know, other things could be going terribly, and if, if that's still the case, then, yeah, I think things have gone well. I just, I was really worried that I was going to fall off the wagon, right? I was going to be the, um, I was going to get here, and I don't know, I guess the, 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 the people, people in my old AA group had a lot of warnings about how going to a new city, uh, you know, you start a new job, you're going to want to ingratiate you, yourself with all the new people, and, you know, how, you know, you don't know anybody, so how are you going to meet people, how'd you used to meet people, you used to meet people by it, drinking with them, or whatever, they, they, they had all these warnings, and, and all of them, I'm sure, are based off of things that they've seen or things they've heard about people moving to new towns and fucking up in various ways, but, um, honestly, it wasn't even, like, I didn't feel that need to, you know, I didn't feel like I needed to drink with my new co-workers, I'm, I don't, yeah, I don't feel that, that desire even, I don't even feel the desire to do that, I don't feel like, uh, even my new friends, I don't, you know, I'll be hanging out there drinking, I'm just like, that's cool, I'm not drinking, it's all good, it, I almost feel like it gives me a, a, a thing, 
Like I'm like I'm the sober guy from Atlanta. Like I'm it's almost like a interesting another dimension like another dimension to my character. It's just a, I'm a I'm someone who abstains from drinking and and drugs. Um so yeah, so that's that's good news. Um the one time that I do feel like I you know, I wish I could could take part or really it's just it's just the FOMO that's all it is it's the FOMO the fear of missing out whenever anybody's doing shots I feel a little bit of sadness because I used to it just reminds me it's like man I used to love doing shots when when you would be in a group of people especially you know it's cool is when when you get invited to do shots when you were like it wasn't your idea and this, or maybe it's like people who you think are cool, but like you're not really friends with, and they're like, "You want to do a shot?" And you're just like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" And then you do shots with them. That stuff, that 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 moment, not getting invited to do the shots. That that's about as hard as it gets. It's just that one little moment where it's like, "Fuck!" I remember how fun that was. But it's just it's done, you know. I'm I'm off, I'm off that, and you know it's a, there's a lot of things in my life. I feel like I feel like I feel like I need to be graduating out of more things. I feel like I need to be, you know, like I'm looking. I'm still looking for a baseball team to join here in Memphis. And I, to be honest with you, I feel like I need to stop doing. <laughs> I need to grow the fuck up. I need to not be looking for that. I need to be looking for fucking racket, a, a nice racquetball court where I can wear some plain white, all white, wear all white with a, a white headband. Me and a bunch of other guys, our our testicles are so saggy that they hang out from the bottom of the the white shorts. With our high white socks and our court shoes that look like, like we still wear the, the the tennis shoes that don't look like tennis shoes that anybody wears anymore. That they're like, like people still wear those tennis shoes, but they're they're for fashion purposes. You know what I'm saying? Just the plain, all white leather tennis shoes. That's what we wear. Cause we're not athletes. We're old men playing a, a sport that doesn't nobody gives a shit about racquetball that's what I need to do I need to graduate from being an adult baseball player who pays to play a rec a rec league adult baseball player I need to graduate from that because that's childish I need to become a racquetball man uh, or I'll just keep playing golf I mean golf's a golf's a sport for grown-ups I feel like I feel like uh, I feel like a lot of things about Memphis are a little bit old school. I feel like one of the things where I see that I, I I feel like golf still matters in business to some extent. Like that that's so not the case in Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, I kind of had this idea when I like when I was younger that 
if I could get good at playing golf, that it would help me in business. Because that's what everybody just said. Everybody always said that, you know, a lot of business deals are closed on the golf course. And, oh, you want to you wanna be good at sales, you got to work on your game. Those People would just say that. And, um, you know, it's funny. My friend Danny, who is a great salesman, he makes tons of money. Sells, uh, sells like, security equipment, basically. They're called turnstiles is like his main product. It's it's uh, the the only place I've ever seen them is he installed them at Georgia Tech when I was in school there when I was still in school at Tech. Um, he uh, he sold Georgia Tech a bunch of these turnstiles and and then you would use your your student ID your buzz card you would scan them at the turnstile and then you would go it would let you into the the rec center right um and you, you know these things that uh you you may have seen them at any kind of sporting event they have they have uh different models of his company's turnstiles but anyway security that's what he sells and um and i had this idea when i met him i was like i was like oh i you know i i took him out and i i, I, I bullied him into coming and playing golf with me and he was he was okay with it and then and then uh and then he invited me to do a um play on his team in a golf tournament which was super fun um but that but then I was like telling I was like dude you gotta get better at golf to to sell more and I I I don't know I guess I'm a fucking idiot like I'm that's that's not the case that's really not the nothing works like that anymore that's an antiquated system of uh of business that just that's not how people do business anymore um at least it would seem at least that that doesn't seem to be the case any longer so um you know maybe that's a bummer maybe that's sad that that's not how business works anymore but i feel like it is how business works here so that's not the case in atlanta anymore but i feel like um that is the case in memphis tennessee um and I'm going to try to say I feel like 10 more times before this podcast is over. I feel like everything in Memphis is a little bit more DIY. It's just a little bit more like... It's just, it's just a smaller pond. You're just a bigger fish in a smaller pond. So making a little bit of noise with anything you're doing is much more possible. And I can't figure out if that is going to be stunting to growth or helpful to growth because I could see it going either way. I could see it being a situation where you get really comfortable being a big fish in a small pond and you you stop growing. But I also think that maybe if you were going to be a medium-sized fish in a big pond and you go to a small pond you can go you can go eat at all the eat all the little fish you can just eat all the little fish you just become a big old fat fish in a small pond and then maybe you go to a bigger pond and then you're still a big fish there I don't know it's weird how metaphors really like that they 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 do have such truth to them these sort of principles because it, it might sound really stupid. I, f- I sound stupid to myself right now. 
talking about myself as a fish. Um, but the metaphor, I think, does... Like, I think principles, when you understand them and you apply them appropriately, they really do just apply universally so, so that metaphors have more power than they ought, ought to have. And, you know, the only reason that a metaphor or a principle doesn't extend to a different area is because it's not being applied properly. If you apply, if you apply these things properly, and, and these in these cliche metaphors, they're, they're cliche for a reason. It's because they're you know well known, and so you can't misapply uh, a super well known metaphor. So yeah, the big fish in a small pond. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when the big fish from the small pond goes to a, goes to the ocean. He's a small fish at that point, but how big of a fucking fish do you want to be? Really, that's that's <laughs> that's the question we ought to be asking ourselves. Okay, what's going on over here? We got two cop cars. There's a there's a man on the front porch who is, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Job of the hut. He looks like Job of the hut. He's how many how many pounds do you have to weigh? to look like Job of the Hut because he doesn't look like a, a short guy either. He looks like a, a medium height, maybe a 6'1", 6'2", guy, but I mean, just fucking Job of the Hut. He must be, that must be a 500-pound man. That can't be a, I, I don't think 400's enough. I think maybe, maybe the high fours. Maybe that's a high fours fat man. That is probably pushing 500 pounds, this man. So, the police are there's two cop cars two cops outside of their cop cars over next to him on he's sitting on his front porch what the hell are they talking to this man about i mean at a certain point you're too fat to commit crimes what what sort of a crime is this man capable of committing i mean I guess you could do some kind of creepy shit. I, what are they investigating him for? Were you were you the man seen f- fleeing the the scene of this crime? No, no, officer. I've never fleed anything. I have never once fleed. <laughs> Years ago, in my youth, before reaching adulthood, I re- I have memories. Do you remember, officer? You were 12 years old, because that's, that's my memory of the last time, which I fleed. All right, what's going on here, folks? <laughs> so, all right, so I guess, yeah, the long story short, uh, work's going good. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a medium-sized fish, and, I'm, and I feel like I'm growing. I feel like I'm growing to be a, a large fish. And then maybe maybe once I become a large fish... I'll go to a different pond and then keep growing from a large fish to a very large fish. But right now I'm trying to get big fish status in Memphis, Tennessee. This this town is cool, man. It's just cool. It's uh I dude, I like being around black people. Is that weird? Is that some sort of you know, cuz cuz the the racialists would tell you that if you express any kind of a, a a like for a particular race that you're fetishizing, it's 
I don't, it's not fetish, it's not fetishizing, because I'm not, I'm not trying to fuck anybody, okay, fetishization, to me, means you're trying to, it's a, it's a sexual thing, so, maybe if, I don't know, I guess you could, you could fetishize race if it was a, um, you know, if you, if you were, maybe, only wanted to have sex with somebody from that race, okay, so there is a stopped car up here, we have some kind of a stopped car. What the hell is going on? There's nothing here. There's nothing fucking here. Okay. Memphis, I don't know why I was praising you. I should not have been praising you. Okay, alright. Well, at least they're doing work. At least this isn't just... Like, there's no work being done at all on this building. But... Um, but yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. I'm not fetishizing black people. I just think that black people are cool. And, you know, there's parts of the, of the black culture that I find not good. I mean, black people litter like crazy. And that's very apparent by just walking around Memphis, Tennessee. But, but black people also, part of their culture is just like, like a, like a total not giving a fuck that I just really do appreciate I like it um it's frustrating when you have to deal with it in certain contexts but the other day I was uh I don't know I I was in a hurry so I was late going somewhere so there that's the only time I ever feel this but you know I was I, I was trying to get through an intersection and this woman was just in her car um she's in a Camaro a new Camaro, it's a cool car, and she was just in the intersection, and, uh, and, you know, you go through a, a, a yellow light, the, the traffic backs up, you get stopped in an intersection, no worries, that'll happen, the thing was, there was enough room between her car and the car in front of her, she could have scooted up a, a lot more to get more out of the intersection, so I was like, come on, just scoot up, just get all, just get as far out of the intersection. Maybe I can get around you so then my light turns green. She's still sitting there. Okay, please, ma'am, can you scoot up a little bit? And then the car in front of her goes, and she... It's like she sees the car go, but then she just so lackadaisically, lazily puts her foot on the accelerator and just creeps out of the intersection. And I'm just like... At, at that point, I'm just like, hell yeah. Dude, that... It, I mean, I, I'm, I'm infuriated, but also I'm, like, jealous. You know what I mean? But I'm, like, I'm like, dude, if I could only reach this level of not giving a fuck my whole life, I mean, it would, it would, it would improve. My whole life would improve. I give... I give enough of a fuck, okay? If I could... If I could just have that level... It's like... like I've, It just seems zen, you know? It seems like... It seems like being a Buddha master. Are you a Buddhist, ma'am? Are you a Buddhist that drives a Camaro? Because... Like... The level of not... Of just being completely content with yourself... To just 
be in the middle of an intersection, the car in front of you goes, you see them, it's not like you're not paying attention, like you see them go and you just just barely even try to get out of that intersection. Bravo. Excellent work, ma'am. Excellent work. I, I, <laughs> I don't, you know, it was an inconvenience for me, but I learned a lesson, you know? I learned a little bit of a lesson about life. You don't have to be considerate of other people. No, that's, no, that's not even it, though. That's not even, like, I, I, that's not good, I guess. I, I should say that that's not good to be that inconsiderate, but I'm not even considerate. I'm just insecure. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just worried about what other people think too much. Um, I should be considerate of other people, but, but that doesn't mean being worried what other people think. So, so getting that under control would be good for me as a person. So, so fuck what other people think. Um, just live your life. Live your life in Memphis, Tennessee. Move to Memphis, Tennessee because it's beautiful here. Um, it's a little dirty and gritty, but I like that. So that's going to be it for this part. I will check back in with you guys in a bit. Goodbye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charlie versus the Straw Man, the only podcast where I fight rush hour traffic to try to get to get back home. Uh, broadcasting live from the pat the driver's seat of a 2007 Hot Acura TSX. Uh, a, a, a podcast about me yelling at myself and other cars on the streets of Memphis, Tennessee. That's that's what you guys come here for. Is just a, a, an absolutely insane person. You want to hear? You want to listen to the ravings of a complete madman? That's if you're here. That's what you, that's what you're here for. Because that's all you're gonna get is a mentally ill man who is honking at people. All right. I really shouldn't even be honking at people. Memphis, like, I feel like everybody's in a gang here. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, literally everybody's in a gang in Memphis. My fr- I found out that, fr- I'm not saying which friends, but I found out that friends were in gangs. I was like, you're in a fucking gang? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. Um, do I need to be worried? Like, <laughs> like, do I need to be not associating with you? If uh, like, I don't. What, what if people see me with you? Are they gonna think me that I'm in your gang? But I don't think anybody's gonna look at me and think, "Wow, that guy's in a gang." That's a <laughs> not that white guys can't be in gangs, but I'm just I'm not a I'm not a, a, a white guy that you would assume is in a gang. I'm like a I'm a I'm a white guy that you would assume plays a lot of golf. That's that's the type of white guy I am. Right. I used to work with this guy. His name was Junior. That was his name. I don't know his actual name. Actually I did I did learn his actual name at one point. What the hell was his actual name? Um I can't remember. But it, it, he everybody just called him Junior. That was his name. 
and he was a white dude, but he was, uh, but he would say the N word a lot and, um, in front of black guys and the black guys did not have a problem with it. He, he had the pass. He 100% had the pass. And he also had like basically every inch of his whole body covered in tattoos. So he, he, he basically was black cause he, he, um, you know, I mean, he was he was a white dude. He had blue eyes, and um, his whole face wasn't covered. So, you know, he looked. You, you could tell he was a white guy. Um, it wasn't like all of his skin was covered. And he also he just had like a basic brown brown hair. You know, kind of short, tight, clean cut, but white guy haircut. It wasn't like he had um, you know the the buzzed with the the lines in the side or whatever like you're used to seeing sometimes um he's had regular hair regular white guy hair but then um everything yeah everything his face was tattooed a good bit and then every inch of his the all the rest of his body was all covered in tattoos um and it was well done too it looked cool he was cool he was a cool motherfucking guy. Junior. He would work. He was doing... We were doing moving. So we were doing... It was manual labor, essentially. And he would wear Yeezys every day to his uh, his manual labor lifting boxes job. Which I was like, fuck yeah, dude. That's, that's pretty cool. You're just going to sacrifice a pair of expensive adidas fashion sneakers for the purposes of of working um i mean they're good sneakers so i mean they work just as good as any i mean i sacrificed a pair of air jordans that i bought to wear looking cool um that then became my tennis jordans because i didn't have any tennis shoes I was like, well, you can just wear white basketball shoes. That's that's appropriate. So I just wore those out on the basketball court um, or playing tennis because I wasn't really doing any shooting hoops at that point in time. But I was playing tennis. Me and my lady were playing some tennis. So I I, I took out these white Jordans and I was like, I guess these are these are functional. These are no longer for fashion. So I was wearing them on the tennis court a good bit and. Um, they held up pretty good, but then I went and started playing pickup basketball later, wearing the, wearing my tennis jays, and uh, they kind of fell apart on me. So I got I got those. Now they're now they're not good for much. Now they're just ripped up. I, I mean, I've 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 gone back and played ba- basketball in them some. I tried to like glue them back together with that uh, that shoe goo stuff. If you've never tried shoe goo, it's pretty effective. It's basically just rubber cement but it's it's got a little bit higher viscosity so you really just put it in in where it needs to go and you just smash it down and it uh sort of clamps everything in all right we're gonna take a break folks because there is a police officer behind me and he seems to be very interested in what i'm doing here so we're gonna just set the microphone down okay
Alright everyone, it looks like we're in the clear, even though Homeboy was uh, definitely definitely trying to check me out. He was tailgating me. I have a, um, a bright pink pop cover on this microphone, which is probably not smart. I should probably... Um, <laughs> I should probably get a darker colored one so that it's slightly less obvious, but... Um, um, are you allowed to just have headphones on in your car? Can they give you a ticket for that? I know that, you know, you're probably not supposed to be wearing headphones in the car. I mean, you're not supposed to be talking on a on a cell phone. But I mean, this isn't a cell phone. I'm I'm talking into a microphone. So I'm not sure. I don't. I've always wondered. If uh, if I got pulled over, if I would get in trouble, people would be like, if cop would be like, you know, not supposed to be talking into a microphone while you're driving. And it's like, is that in the, is that really in the in the law? Is there a traffic law that says that? Um, I don't know, probably not. Anyway, I was uh, I don't I was thinking I need to turn this back into a politics show. What was I supposed to be talking about this this episode? Um. I think ESF scores was going to be or what ESG what is it? damn it I don't even remember you got a, you got an MSG score that uh says how cool you are with Chinese people it's like yo are you cool with Chinese people what's your MSG score <laughs> the social credit system the MSG score we got it from the chineses no it's called ESG score and um I think E stands for environment, S stands for social, right? ESG score, and then G is what? Probably something extra gay. Something something gayer than environmental and social, which is the two gayest things imaginable. Your environmental and social and gay score, your ESG. How gay are you? That's a <laughs> How environmentally friendly? Uh, how environmentally friendly... Uh, socially friendly and gay are you? ESG. What's your? <laughs> you got your MSG score, which is how cool you are with the Chinese, and your ESG score, which is how how environmentally, socially, and gay you are. So, it's a good question. All these are good questions, and you know I don't really know the answer. If I'm being honest, what the fuck is this in front of me? This is a a Pontiac vibe. It's a Vibe GT. So, what's the point of having a Vibe GT? Is my is my question. The the back window is kind of interesting looking. It's it's a uh, looks like it's got sort of a chopped roof. I've never seen this before. I've never seen one of these cars before. This is a uh, this is blowing my mind. You know, this morning I saw a Malibu Max SS, which the Max is like the the uh sort of like the the station wagon version of the of the Chevy Malibu which um you know I like the look of them it's kind of a cool car but I thought they were rear rear wheel drive it turns out they are front wheel drive which is pointless um I mean my car that I drive right now is a front wheel drive but I I I was thinking about buying a car that you know what what even was I thinking? Something to turn into like a sleeper race car. 
kind of thing. A Chevy Max, if it w- if you souped it up and made it into a race car, that'd be a fucking cool car to have as a race car. Well, I saw one that was a that was an SS version, um, which I, I that was interesting to me. I was like, I wonder what that means. You know, is it? It's definitely probably still a V6, right? They didn't put a V8 into a Chevy Max, um, a Chevy Malibu Max, um, and then also. It's probably still front-wheel drive also. So I'm not sure uh, what the what the ESG score on one of those is because it's, 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 probably, it's probably pretty high because I think it's a front-wheel drive V6, which means it's, it's high on the G. The G is pretty high. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's middle on the, on the E, middle on the E, but very high on the G because it's 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 not great gas mileage. It's okay gas mileage. So the environmentally it's fine, but it's but it's high on the G. It's very gay. If you guys weren't following what I was getting at there. Anyway, the ESG shit sounds is is just creepy as fuck. It's basically um all these companies they've basically decided they they basically I mean determined how woke your company is. That's that's essentially what it is. They've they now have a wokeness metric for companies and all of the big institutions are basing their investments based off of how woke your company is um which is not good that's not a good thing um i don't know man this is this is some insightful insightful stuff we're talking about here you know what's you know what's bad woke shit that's what (laughs) Uh, that's that's why you come to me. That's why you come here is for me to tell you that woke shit is not good, and that everybody's talking about how ESG scores are bad. And you know what I'm saying? I agree, they are bad. You're not gonna hear that take anywhere else. You're not gonna hear the no elaboration. I agree, they are bad. Take anywhere else, only here. Um, what else have I been? hearing about uh you know i guess we could talk about the war in afghanistan because i've been reading a lot of books about uh well i haven't been reading a book about it i've been i haven't been reading a lot of books about it that was a false statement i have been listening to a book on tape that's all about the war in afghanistan and it is really just mind-blowing to me because um you know i had known a lot of this information already it's a topic that i've already been somewhat interested in for a while but um you know it, it's it's an in de- it's a very in-depth look so there's certain one, certain pieces of it that it just are interesting to me and also just reinforce my my stuff that I basically already knew about it but but one of the really interesting things um in the chapter I just got through th- they're just talking about how easy it was for people in Afghanistan to, you know, warlords, basically, these these local warlords, people that own, a, you know, c- control a, a very specific portion of the country, like a small tract of land, they, they have all these internal struggles. Like, Afghanistan is a very, they're pretty divided, you know, every single... Sh- little 
warlord that has this tiny domain within the country they're they're constantly just fighting between one another right so um these bigger conflicts these larger conflicts that these people are involved in are are almost secondary to their you know personal individual little squabbles that they go through as um you know as local communities and so um when the when the americans came in and started fighting against the taliban in in afghanistan um it, it, it's just amazing how easy it was for these local militias to basically just use the american military as like a um like just to take out their enemies so if 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 you wanted the the americans to just kill off everybody you didn't like all you you just had to t- say that they were part of Al Qaeda. You just got you just had to say, oh, those people are they're terrorists. And then the American people, would just, the American military would just kill your enemies. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I mean, the the author was just listing off just you know, like dozens of examples of of just not even like it's kind of this like blatantly, it's just. American, the American military getting fooled into doing the bidding of some local warlord. Um, it's it's not good stuff, folks. It's not it's not good, and um, it's it's predictable though. It is it is as expected. It's what you would think would happen, given all the the um, you know the the realities of the situation. That the idea that that. The, the military doesn't have the ability to vet all these claims. Um, and they're eager to take out people who they think are Al-Qaeda. So, you know, if you if if you say... But and, and you know what it reminded me of when I was, I was listening to these stories? It reminded me of the thing where um, it, it, they call it getting swatted, right? It's where... You know, if if you're really fucked up, you do it to your friends as a prank. But um, mostly, it's it's a pretty serious thing. It's like you you call in, uh, you call nine one one on somebody you don't like. You give them the address and you say, "Oh, so and so is is uh, in this house, and they have uh, th- they have their girlfriend, and they're they're gonna kill him. They have a gun." And uh, she called me. She said, you know, that she feels like he, he's going to do it, that he's going to pull the trigger and he's going to kill her. And then, the, and then the local police, they're like, holy shit. And they send the SWAT team. And then they kick down a door of somebody who did nothing and just was, you know, had nothing. It, it was just a prank, basically. It's, a, it's, calling, it's called getting swatted. Um, and it, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a... It's kind of the same thing that they were doing to people in Afghanistan. Uh, Afghani's were swatting each other. They were they were calling in a, a a bomb threat basically. They'd be like, "Oh, such and such is making explosives in this factory here," where uh, and then the and then people just yeah then the they wouldn't like send soldiers in it. They wouldn't swat them. Unfortunately, it would be honestly better if they just would would send the SWAT team, but no, they would just rain down hell upon whatever factory that it was. And, and, you know, a lot of it was drug dealers, you know, poppies are grown all over Afghanistan. So heroin is, is, is a huge cash B 
business in in Afghanistan. So a lot of these local warlords, that's that's their main stream of income is is heroin. They're they're drug dealers. So you know you have a rival who is processing his poppies in the factory. You you tell the American military that they're they're making bombs in that factory, and they don't ask questions. They just they just go right in and they just blow up the fucking factory, just wipe it out. Nothing left. Women, men, women, sometimes children. A lot of these examples, it's just it's just tons of children being killed. Um, and you know, there that's that's what what's called collateral damage is. The, all the kids that die in these attacks and you know people want to say that it it's worth the cost if a few children die but it's it's like you didn't accomplish anything it's it's the equivalent of the SWAT team knocking down somebody's door who wasn't doing anything just because they're just because somebody thought it'd be funny to fuck with them, you know. I'm sure that there's some way that they can call without it getting traced back. But otherwise, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe maybe everybody who does who calls in a SWAT team on somebody they they get fucked. I've never actually looked into that because it is it, it, you hear about it a lot. I heard about one of these. Uh, it was one of these. Twitch streamers, you, you know these people. They play video games on the internet. They film themselves. It's uh, it's not a real job. It's uh, it's very gay. I need to stop saying things are gay, but it's gay, all right. It's gay to sit in front of a a camera and play video games. Do something with your life, people. I know you think you're living the dream. Oh, everybody just wants to play video games all the time. It's like, yeah, but it's not a real job. So do something. Do something real. That's fake. It's a fake job to be a Twitch streamer. So I'm glad you got swatted. <laughs> I'm glad somebody swatted this guy. Well, anyway, that's the thing is like you he's he's filming himself playing video games. So you just see, you know, the door the, his door just gets kicked in and then there's just smoke bombs everywhere. It's like, fuck, dude. They It's it goes to show you that it's not it's not good. It's not good that this power exists. Even even the even the even the even though it's like basically the false claim is that somebody's being violent in this building here. It's it's like you just I don't know. I guess I guess maybe they should be able to kick in your door if they think you're about to kill your wife I, I but it's just it's that that's what happens that's what happens is people you get you get no knock raids so it's like, it's like oh, man i wish i could remember the details of that one where they threw they threw the flashbang into the window and it went into the baby's crib that was that was a fucked up story and it wasn't even the right house right i need to read about that story before I bring it back up again but the, the, I I believe there was a story recently where they threw a, a, a flashbang into the baby's crib on accident and it wasn't even the right house they had the wrong address it's crazy man uh, I mean 
you you just you, you don't think about this power being used against innocent people you think oh no we need to have this this power we need to be able to send our troops to another country where they can just fuck people up without question because if there's question then it's not going to be accomplished and we need it we need the mission to be accomplished but what if you know what if they don't know what they're doing i mean that's that's really the thing is like they don't know who's who in in a country like afghanistan it's 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 the other side of the planet nobody knows who everybody is in 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 that country i mean you think uh, and it's it's true in every civilization every society every culture all around the world there's you look at people as groups and then you assume that oh well they're part of this group so they you know so they have allegiance to the group and then this is the group that's against them but it's just so much more complex than that i mean there's just so many stages of of depth beyond that i mean there you look at um you look at like like yemen and you think like oh well this is uh just another example of shia versus sunni but it's it's really just way deeper than that that's that's um one of the things that got them in trouble is they thought that there was no way that a uh one of these sunnis would ally with shias but um but i I can't remember now now i'm just you know what folks i'm not i'm not the guy i'm not the guy who knows these details it was um who's the fucking guy it wasn't it, it wasn't houthi was it was it the houthi guy that ally no it was the original um it was the original vice president of the country that was supposed to be the next guy but then got ousted and then he went and teamed up with the houthis to take over the capital and he was a um he, he was a sunni but he teamed up with the the shia because he was just basically tribally had more in common with them for some reason i can't i can't remember but basically it 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 happens over and over again that we we assume that these people are against one another but really um it's just more complex than that there's all these concentric circles of overlapping rivalries and and ties and to think that we can just go in there and we can just pick the good good guys make sure the good guys win it's just stupid i mean the, the mujahideen were the good guys when they were fighting it's the soviets but then then they knocked over our our fucking towers and it's like well no those were the good guys those were freedom fighters that were expelling the communists out of the country and then next thing you know now now that the the mujahideen has turned into al-qaeda they've done 9-11 and then we're over in afghanistan trying to expel all these al-qaeda members who are we enlisting but we're enlisting the 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 Al- the Afghani communists who were trying to get the Soviets to come in and, and take over their country. So we we <laughs> so it's so funny when you're like, well, now those are the ba- now now the Mujahideen are the bad guys. Well, what else happens? Basically, you have to take the their opponents and turn them into the good guys. It's just it's just it it should be very very um. 
it should just be clear to everybody that, you know, there's no such thing as good guys and bad guys. All right. You got self-interest in human beings. Just grow the fuck up. All right. Even Vladimir Putin. So that's so that. Let's let's look at that example. All right. So now, now even though we all sort of recognize that Iraq, Afghanistan, that it, these were unnecessary wars that did more harm than good, and there's really no no good good guys or bad guys. Um, I mean, are we the good guys or are we the bad guys? I. I think if you had to say one or the other, I think you'd have to say we're the bad guys. But I think, truthfully, there's no such thing as good guys and bad guys. That's just how it is. But but it's so easy to get caught up in it when you're in the middle of it. So let's you know let's think about Russia, right? Russia's the bad guy. Ukraine's the good guy. Okay. So that is that. You think that's universally true? You think that's a blanket statement that can be made that you know? If it's not, then I think we should be worried because we're pumping billions of dollars of weaponry and funding into one side of that conflict. So if if they're not the good guys, then that's that's probably a problem, right? But no, it's it's okay because we they're <laughs> they're heroic and there's no questioning their resolve and their their yeah, their heroism, their uh, even though, you know, the Azov battalion one of the portions of the Ukrainian military they're they're Nazis so do we do we do we mind that do we mind that we're sending billions of dollars of weapons to Nazis is that a problem does that mean that you know but no they're the they're the good guys so it's okay to do it See, you have to make them unquestionably the good guys in order to justify sending billions of dollars of weapons to them because if they're not the good guys then maybe that's irresponsible to do even if even if you you say that they're the lesser of two evils it's still irresponsible to do and who knows what's going to happen man how often have the american troops been facing an imminent enemy that's armed with weapons that we sent somewhere in the world it's it just keeps happening if I was if I was in the military, I would probably have an issue with that. Or maybe I would just be like, hell yeah, no, they got the old shit. We got the new shit. Let's fucking do war. Maybe maybe I would be that kind of a, a jackass, but because I probably would be. I think I think I would have done well in the military. I think I would have bought in and just really <laughs> been I would have just been a cog in the machine, and then it would it would have spit me out, and I would have become a cog in a different kind of machine. That's that's what I was thinking about recently. Was how much I think that uh, that I would have just excelled in the environment of like being told what to do. Like I act like I don't like being told what to do, but the more soul searching I do, the more I realize that I think I would have I would love to have just been told what to do from you know high school onward but that's a that's a deviation anyway i think if i was in the military that there's a there's a chance that i would i would be such a fucking dickhead i would be just like i would just want to fight wars you know I, i i feel like i would be that sort of loose cannon type of guy just like fuck yeah bro let's go to war i don't give a shit yeah give them weapons 
Give them, give them the old shit. We'll fight them with the new shit. We'll fucking go like that. <laughs> That's uh, no. Or I would be a pussy. I don't know. I guess you never know until it it comes comes down to it. But um, I I mean more rationally, I think I I would probably have a problem if I was if I was fighting an enemy and I was like, where'd they get all these javelin missiles? It's like, oh, we we sent them. <laughs> We gave them, oh, they're, uh, <laughs> well, are we going to be fighting the Nazis? I don't, I don't see when we're going to be against the Nazis. I think the Nazis are on our team, uh, which is weird. Just like Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda's on our team now. Al-Qaeda in the conflict in Yemen is on our team. That's, that's really, this is the policy of the, the U.S. government during the 90s. It's what clinton was doing he was he was fighting al-qaeda on certain fronts and then he was funding them in other areas he was he was supporting al-qaeda in you know china and russia um, they had these chechnyan muslims and then there were the, there, there were the uyghurs the uyghurs it turns out we were we were funding and supporting in the 90s the uyghur muslims um as well as just in other parts of the world, it's just it, every individual conflict. We look at these groups as individuals in, in in those senses, and then we fund one side of the conflict, not realizing that, or maybe realizing but not caring that that these are part of a, a, a larger network of groups that then bombed us on nine eleven. And that's the, the the um you know the response of a lot of the politicians back in the nineties during the first. World Trade Center bombing. They said, you know, why does why does Al Qaeda hate? After all that we've done for Al Qaeda, how are they going to betray us like this? And what they didn't realize is, you know, they're fighting both sides. They're they're fighting both on on the same side as Al Qaeda in some battlefields, and then directly against Al Qaeda in other battlefields. But they think, oh, we we did it. We it should have been enough to pay him off. Um, but you know what are you going to do what you, you just try to you try to mess with you try to meddle with these conflicts in these small countries just picking a side deciding what you think the outcome ought to be and then it's it's all just very short-sighted i feel like i think i think the whole thing is very short-sighted so now we're on now we're on the side of al-qaeda and we're on the side of the nazis and and we're on the side of the nazis in ukraine and we're on the side of uh al-qaeda in yemen which is just a bizarre situation i I tried to do a joke about this but i couldn't make it funny because people people are are, just got butt hurt they all have their they they either don't know what you're talking about so they're just like i don't even it's not funny to me because i don't even know what you're talking about or or they're against you or or they're saying what no, we need to find Al Qaeda. We need to be behind Al Qaeda in, in Yemen, because Iran is a bigger threat or something. You know, like that. People who are in the know nine times out of ten, are, in the know because they've been told that, that, what the U.S. military is doing is is necessary, and that questioning it is, uh, is, is, I, I guess makes you racist. I, I that's that seems that seems to be the take, is that only. 
only hateful bigots are uh, questioning the military. It's so funny. It's so funny when you compare it to the 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 left of the you know late two thousands that made me feel bad about supporting George Bush and and good for them. I mean, they were right. I should have felt bad about supporting George Bush. Not that I even supported George Bush. I was a child. I was, you know. But it hurt my feelings when people made fun of George Bush. I was like, nah, fuck you guys. George Bush is cool. <laughs> George Bush is the man. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's really interesting that those same people now are the biggest war hawks. They really are. The liberals. It was really, it was really cool to be against war when it was a, a dumb redneck guy doing it. Like, fucking stupid rednecks. And that, But now that it's... Then the cool black guy came in and he did war for eight years. And now it's cool. Now war is cool. Now that... <laughs> now that the establishment is down with all the woke causes. Now, now that the ESG score of the of Raytheon is nice and high because they have uh they have trans engineers developing the hellfire missiles that are coming down on many people. Anyway, Yemen the the war in Yemen is basically over now, which is, you know, we got to say thank thank God for that, right? All right, sir, can you please move faster? Okay. All right. Fucking Guy on a guy, guy on a bike, just walking it as slow as possible. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, war in Yemen's basically over, so I don't. I, I, you know what? Thank God for that. Thank God that the war in Yemen is basically over now. That's, um, that you, you got to be thankful for certain things, right? You got to be thankful when when a war ends. You got to be thankful, um. But yeah, so that that's but just to keep going with what we were talking about. I mean, during the the Yemeni conflict, during the what what I guess you could call a civil war in Yemen, but really it was it was a bombing campaign of in in an embargo against the capital city of Yemen, which was controlled by the Houthi Muslims, um, who had the Saudi Arabia kings pissed off at him and they were just leading a, a bombing campaign and a um, and a naval embargo and then they also were supporting al-Qaeda militia on the ground so that's where al-Qaeda comes into the, they were the, basically the foot soldiers in the conflict um, but then the but then the interesting thing was elsewhere in the Arabian Peninsula we were our our military was was fighting against al qaeda so we were so even just uh, up to recently we were fighting both sides of of this war again we were fighting we were fighting against al qaeda in certain areas and then we were giving them weapons if if they were if they were if they were heading headed towards yemen we were like oh here's weapons to go kill the Yem- the houthis and then if they were going if they were going in a different direction they'd get blown up it was it's a crazy it's just crazy. It's it's a it's a bizarre foreign policy that we have adopted, um, and and it's it's been the same. We've been doing this since the '90s, and we, 
and nobody's brought it up. Nobody talks about it. Nobody's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be funding both sides of a fucking conflict. So I guess that's a, I guess that's an improvement in the Ukraine is that we're only funding one side. Even though, you know, really the darkest theory, the darkest conspiracy theory is that we want to we, we, we are funding both sides of a war so that the war just keeps going. And that's that's effectively what we're trying to do with Yemen is I mean, with uh with Ukraine, we're just we're the the Ukrainian government it's just it's a poor country I mean Russia is a poor country but Russia has a much larger more powerful military than the, the Ukrainians do and we're not giving them enough military aid or weaponry to actually win this war it's just going to keep going we're just we're, we're basically doing the same fucking thing we did in Afghanistan with the Mujahideen we're just giving them enough weaponry and funding in order to just keep the war going so that Russia yeah just to waste Russia's military resources and nobody ever brings up the fact that they have atomic weaponry nobody discusses that seems like something that would come up but and they didn't blow off blow up Afghanistan so I don't know who knows I guess maybe they won't blow up Ukraine but the but the 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 point is is it, this isn't really what's good for Ukraine in the same way that we think oh well uh you know Iraq was a a a, a stimulus package it, all this money went you know people got rich off of it right well it, it's a net negative for the it's a huge net negative it's the the whole housing market in 2008 the 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 crisis came about because when the war began, they didn't want to tax people. They didn't want to pull taxes directly out of the population. So they started printing money to buy all this weapon, to fund this war in, Af- in, in Afghanistan and Iraq. There were two wars going on at the same time. So what they did was they, they knocked interest rates down really low. That was the the basically the genesis of these super record low interest rates was a, a direct a, a direct just money printing campaign just to fund this, the, those wars so when it comes down to it it's it's more than you know the taxation that they i mean they bring in 3 trillion dollars a year a, mil, a, a trillion of it goes to the military so they're actually taking a trillion dollars and uh, they're, they're actually taking a trillion dollars from the American people every year and, and blowing it up in, in the Middle East. Um, and, and now, you know, they, they ended the war in Afghanistan. So now, now they're trying to send it to Ukraine. So now you never get your money back. The, the weapons have to be bought. It doesn't. It, we can change where we're sending them, but it's all. We always have to buy these weapons. These, they have to print this money, and then they have to, you know, ostensibly send it to Ukraine. But then Ukraine's probably they're just going to send the money straight back to us to sell them weapons. It's it's a fucking scam. It's a racket, and we're not in on it. Okay, it's it's just a negative for us. So so things. 
really, if we could just go back to 2000, I mean, the 90s were, were pretty solid. 90s were not that bad. And everything since then has been money printing and the whole, so it, when you really look at it, all the inflation that we have right now, this is this is due to the 20 years of money printing that's been going on. But it all started because of the war in Iraq. So really, the situation that we're in right now, the inflation that we're dealing with at this exact moment, really, it can be traced directly back to the response to 9-11 and launching the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. So when you when you see a, a, a sticker on the, on the gas pump that's pointing at the the price of gas and it says I did that and it has Joe Biden's face right there pointing at it. You see you, you guys have seen those. It is Joe Biden's fault, but that's because he was in the Senate. Not because he was not because he's uh or, or because he was vice president. Not because anything he's doing right now, because of the shit that he he's been in there. So it is it is his his fault as much as basically anybody else's. But he it's not something that's happened recently. It's because of the policies that have been going on for 20 years, you know, all starts with the war in Iraq. So I, I, that's pretty much as far as politics go, that's the biggest thing that I've had to sort of re, uh, reassess my take on it because I was just, I was very wrong. I, I, I thought that they hated us for our freedom. That was that I was a child. I was nine years old. So, you know, when I saw that, that's what I thought. I thought, okay, yeah, I guess they hate us for our freedom. I'm, I feel pretty free, so I've, I, I mean, maybe, maybe I should be guilty about this. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's, maybe other people are mad about how free I get to be. So, I guess the freedom isn't free. We got to go waste money and lives in the desert in order to keep people free. But the truth is. No, it's it's actually the opposite. They don't hate us because we're free. They hate us because we have to pay taxes. We have this pyramid scheme of a of a monetary system where the currency that we're forced to use is devalued rapidly and consistently over time in order to kill these people. So so it it hurts them but it hurts us too. So there, it's it's just another example of the the ruling class fucking everybody over and um and yeah, so don't don't let anybody tell you differently. And and the and, and the the war in Ukraine is just going to be another example of this. We'll be looking back 10 years from now and we're going to be saying how it was it was a dumb move to send, to to prolong the war to send all this money in or or we won't be or or it'll be a fucking nuclear apocalypse and we won't even have the ability to look back and and reassess things but my my prediction is that we will be looking back at this period in 10 years and we'll probably be fighting some kind of muslims in chechnya that just have all this fucking weaponry there's going to be there's going to be rebels in georgia and in turkey that are just fucking everybody up and it's going to be like where did they get all these weapons from oh actually they got them from when we sent all those weapons over to ukraine um just a prediction just a prediction eventually all those weapons are not going to be only in the hands of the good guys okay is that a fair prediction? Does that seem 
like a reasonable thing to say. Eventually, a, a lot of, it, you send $40 billion of weaponry into a country, I feel like some bad people are going to get their hands on those. So that's my that's my prediction for today. Um, and just to leave it on a, on a light note, um, you can get your hands on these balls. Goodbye. Fuck off somewhere. I got work to do.